Yay! <laughs> this is going to get messy. We're going to be talking vulnerability, embracing the messiness of being a human. Welcome to the Talking Minds podcast. You know, life is a journey. My name's Marcus. My name is Mags. And together, we will discuss how the endpoint isn't the destination. Welcome back to the Talking Minds podcast, episode two. Yay! <laughs> this is going to get messy. We're going to be talking vulnerability, embracing the messiness of being a human, and what does vulnerability mean to you and why? Now, you will notice that the, most of the questions that I end up with is why, because we started the series with why, right? And understanding what why is, you know, just asking that big open question, why? So if you haven't listened to the first episode in this series of The Journey, then go and listen to that, because they will lead on. You can listen to them individually, but I would recommend that you go and listen to that in the first place. Now, in the last in the last episode, one of my heroes, Simon Sinek, we talked about the why. I can't, I don't believe that we can talk about vulnerability without mentioning the amazing Brené Brown. Mm. Um, and so I, I should know this off the top of my head, but I'm going to start with this because I think that this this links in with the journey, and it's on Brené Brown's um, TED Talk, a famous TED Talk. She talks about the Theodore Roosevelt speech, the man in, in the arena speech, the quote. So I'm going to start off with this because I think that this is when it comes to not just vulnerability, but also the journey of life. I think that this is so important to anchor yourself in what this quote is. So I'm, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it from my phone just so I've got it correctly. I should know it, but it's it's this. <clears throat> It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place shall never be with those timid cold souls who neither know victory nor defeat every time i read that i get chills because vulnerability isn't weakness right it is not it's one of the biggest strength you can you can have I would say vulnerability is the new flex, you know. But it's to follow shit, that. though, bags. It's <laughs> the shit. Trendy, it's the trendy way people talk now. It's the new flex. <laughs> it's the it's the it's the darkness. It's the horribleness. It's the fuck. I've got to take responsibility for myselfness. Exactly. It's a lot. I think vulnerability encompasses a lot of things in our life. 
but it's basically, yeah, not being afraid to be who you are in all the aspects of what we are. We are very complex creatures. We have many emotions. We have come through a lot of things in our lives and embracing all of what we are is admirable, I'd say, you know, having the courage to admit what you need to work on, to ask for help when you need it, to speak about uncomfortable things. All of that is a strength, in my opinion. Um, and honestly, yeah. I wish someone had told me this when I was younger. 100%. And you know what? One of the things, and I, I've tested this over and over and over and over again with groups and with clients over and over and over again, right? And every single time I do this, people go, I can't do it, I'm scared. This is what's gonna happen. People are gonna judge me, blah, 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 right? And 100% of the time, when you understand how to flex vulnerability as a superpower and speak from the scar, not the wound, and that is the most important thing about vulnerability, right? It's not about going, woe is me, that's not vulnerability. As Brené Brown says, there is no courage without vulnerability. And vulnerability, one billion percent connects people. Because as soon as we can see that we're being vulnerable and doing that from a place of power, that connects. So this is it, right? Gloves are off now. Gloves are off. Mags, be vulnerable. What's going on? What are you working on? Let's practice. Well, I'm working on. Yeah, let's not fucking theorize well, I'm about this stuff. On. Let's get Sorry. vulnerable now. Okay. Um, yeah, myself, I actually have no problem with doing that <laughs> now. A few years ago, I would be shaking and and overthinking. Um, at the moment, I'm actually uh, working on stepping into my power. I have this vision for myself uh, in my life and my coaching business. It's a big vision. It's a bold vision. It's a beautiful vision, but it's it's beyond what I ever thought is possible for me. So there is still some um, past beliefs that um, in, a, in a way I've overcome, but not to this level. So there's still work that I need to do with worthiness, with believing I can do all this beautiful work at this level that I envisioned that I can do. Um, so this is what I'm currently working on, how to step into this vision, how to allow myself to attract all this abundance into my life and not feel guilty about uh, being abandoned, being in my power, uh, being um, a successful person on a bigger scale. Because um, apparently um, that's something I need to teach myself to allow myself to be. And, you know, I think that's the conditioning as well, that you can't be a certain... Um, have you had that limiting belief yourself? That you I'm, can't I'm not be letting you get away with this. I'm not letting you get away. And you can get your own back, <laughs> right? I'm not letting you get away with this. Okay. But how does that feel? How are you feeling? Um, I'm happy to say that I'm actually feeling like I'm making huge progress. I'm allowing myself to... I'm, I'm nurturing myself to step but into What's that voice thing. saying, Mags, though? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not letting you get away. That, that voice, that voice of doubt, even if it's not now, because right, we, I think it's important to go, we, we go through phases, right? 
But yeah, and it's thinking much into that feeling, how does that fit? What's that enough. procrastination? That that I'm not good enough. I'm different. This isn't available to me. What's that raw, real, fucking awful emotion yeah, that think- we get used to? We don't see it in that victim mentality anymore, do we? Either of us do. But what is that story you're telling yourself that you probably don't want to share, but you're gonna? Well, it's the worthy. It's that I'm not worthy. Yeah, I'm not worthy of being a seven-figure coach. And how does that feel? How does that feel? How does that feel? Well, when I say it now, I actually don't believe it. And that's how I measure my progress because I actually can say that I want to be a seven-figure coach and not feel contraction in my heart or some weird stuff in my stomach or my, you know, all those other signs that I had before because my worthiness... um, issue my my limitations my scarcity mindset that um i'd like to point out i had and i think that was one of the biggest things i had to overcome sorry i had to overcome um which uh, like i have my opinions uh, as to why the scarcity mindset was so deeply ingrained in me um but um just the fact that I can say it now, even here, like, I don't know you're going to ask me this question. You put I know, that's why I left it, because I, I, I and, want to know what it's for you. And I'm absolutely fine with it, you know, like, and that's how I know that I'm mm. making progress. Yeah. I am, and I'm, and the way I, kind, I, I got there is I'm nourishing my inner child. I'm doing a lot of um, hypnotherapy. I'm doing a lot of mirror work. I'm doing a lot of tools that I have gathered, that I have learned, uh, that I will be, um, that I'm using with clients as well, because they're so amazing. So um, anything that I kind of want to show to my clients and teach my clients is something that I've tested on myself. And I only pick and choose the tools that had the most significance and the most impact on me because those I know that that will help them because I know how they helped me. Because there's a lot of things out there that you can be doing, but it didn't work on me. I'll probably not going to be the one to uh, recommend it to my clients because I think that's what's the part of each each coach has a different kind of, tool set right because mm. you use what would mostly helped you mm. i'm going i want to share a story before you get your own back on me mm-hmm. because this might help people i think the difference between what we do now is is that we still feel vulnerable we still feel that we haven't got it because we don't know the answers right we're still working it out the difference is is that we do a pattern interrupt of Right, I'm feeling this way. What's the plan? And we stop. We we slow down. Rich Litvin again. Um, I, I mentioned him in the last um, episode. Rich Litvin says slow down to speed up, and I think that's so important. I want to share this because it was it was a um, it was a real pivotal moment for me that something came into my mind around vulnerability and and, and what I call the four thieves of happiness. So very quickly, last year we were on holiday uh, in Italy, and we hadn't been away because of the whole COVID thing. We hadn't been away. And there's a a resort in Italy that we go to um, and we love it there. But the last time that I was really there was just before the breakdown. So literally I'd come home and that's when everything fell to shit, right? So it was an interesting place to go back, what, four years later to to have that experience differently. And it was great. We had a great time. There was no, we can't spend any money. We can't do anything. We worried about this. It was a really nice place. However, we were on the, we were on the beach and all of a sudden I started to get this panic, like a panic attack. It just came over, washed over me. And it was like, 
Um, my immediately in my head, but ah, fucking universe. We mentioned this in the last thing. Oh, testing me, are we? <laughs> anyway, so it was coming towards the end of the day, and Michelle, my wife, says, "Are you all right?" Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I'm fine. She's like, "No, you're not." So we got back to the hotel, and we'd we got a, like a suite, and I just went. She went, "Are you all right?" I said, "Yeah, just give me a minute." And I just went into the toilet and sat down on the toilet, and I could feel this like full on fucking panic attack coming in. But where normally you would think a panic attack's a bad thing, for me, it's, oh, what what's... Okay, let's delve in. Let's get in the mud. What's going to happen here? So I just Fair go enough. back to everything, which is the breath, right? Because I know that when you breathe deeply, you, cortisol can't flow. And I remember... You regulate your nervous system. You're regulating so your you nervous come. system, right? I know what's happening. I'm, there's, I'm basically, there's some shit that's really coming out. I'm having to release something now. I can feel like these tears coming down my, my eyes. And I was just breathing. And I just went, I'm giving this away. I'm going to enjoy this experience. I'm going to go. Oh, you let it. yourself feel. I, I let myself it. feel it. And this is the voice that came in. And it was so profound. Mm-hmm. And it said, it was as if the universe was, I was downloading, right? So it was like the universe said, the four thieves of happiness are judgment, shame, guilt, and validation. And I, I'm going to repeat that for anybody who's listening to this and you've got a problem. These are probably the four questions. Am I judging myself? Am I judging other people? Am I feeling shame about myself or am I, or am I shaming other people? Do I feel guilty? Why do I feel guilty? And more importantly, because this is the thing that I was doing all of the time as a protection measures mechanism, was I was, tr- I was having to validate who I was and what I was doing. How does that resonate? Can you Can you kind of link that into stuff that, You've done those kind of four. They're powerful, right? I talk a lot about validation in my Instagram story, in my Instagram posts, my Instagram reels. In because validation, looking for validation outside of myself, has been a big part of my life. Right, and it was a part of me that wasn't aware of it. It's you know those are very sneaky um, coping mechanisms that we have established probably years and years before, and until we make uh, bring awareness to what we're doing to our patterns and understand what we're doing and why we're doing it, we won't be able to break that cycle. So validation from others is one. I'm not gonna curse. One big thing that oh, I, I have been, I wouldn't worry. I have been over and over in the last few years since my ACO surgery. I swear to you, it's been, and every time I will come back, it's like, oh my god, Maggie, you are looking for validation in here or in there. You just never giving it to yourself. Why you keep doing this? I'm a questioner. If you look at the um, Gretchen Rubin has this personality test with four. Only four personality tests. Uh, there's an obliger, upholder, questioner, and rebel. And when I done this recently, um, I'm the questioner. And I think it's a very cool test to do because um, I like to ask myself questions or questions about everything. Mm. And I'm a questioner. So that that's the why, sense. right? That goes back to the that's, why. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... So I, but I had to train myself as well to come to the place where something happens, uh, my reaction to something is not one that I want to have. So like in your case, it was a panic attack. Let's say I'm like super upset. So with validation, I will come back to my inner child. So I will go back to my reaction of um, 
I just want to cry. I just want to, because my inner child always craved love. Mm. Um, in, 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 and that's a form of validation, right? That someone needs to tell me that they love me or some. Oh, where was I before? Um, you were talking about inner child. Uh, yes. So the validation, um, my reaction would be that I'm just like, you know, I'm very, I'm very sad and I want to cry and I'm searching for someone to give me this validation, to tell me that they need me or that they, they accept me or, you know, it came in a different forms. Sometimes it wasn't as clear um uh, that it's actually the validation that i'm looking for but the more i'm aware of my patterns the the more i'm aware of my wounds the easier it is to recognize what it is that i'm experiencing in the moment and asking yourself a question like you let yourself feel for some download yeah. to come i think it's the same when you ask yourself when you stop so i do the same i stop when i'm upset yeah. something upsets me especially to the level that I'm like, you know, my, my body is very uh, more than usual. I will stop and ask myself, like, what's happening here? What That's... am I really upset about? I want to contextualize it. I want to contextualize it, right? And I, I'll give, I want to give an example. Um, a few few years ago, we got friends who, their parents live in Uganda, and we were on the River Nile, and there was a herd of water buffalo on the side, and there was this, there was crocodiles on the bank, right? And there was this one... Uh, water buffalo on its own and i looked at it and I, I said to sherry said that's weird why is that one there she said oh it's been pushed out of the herd late later on <clears throat> i use this as an analogy for the validation right because that feeling that we have of validation actually is part of our primitive programming to stop us dying because when we were in tribes if we were in the wild, we needed the tribe to protect us. And if we went out on our own, chances are we were going to die. And I always use this. Um, your, your eyes are going to roll in a minute. But I always use, why is it that women go to toilets in pairs and in threes and fours? Right. The reason the reason is it's actually primitive because in well, the there's wild. There's always a line. So we want to chit chat. But go on. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I know. But no, but OK, I'll pass this by you. But if you think about it, women in the when we were in tribes, if we were living in the jungle or on the savannah, right? Unlike men who can just like stand up and do a, do a wee, um, it's easy. You can look around, you can protect yourself if something happens. You're more vulnerable as a female going to the loo, right? That if you're going to the loo, you a predator could easily attack you easier as a female as, as opposed to a male, right? So therefore we learned this thing about the protection of the tribe. And sometimes we're not in the right tribe. So we we lose our, our soul or we lose who we are to conform to the tribe. So to then become vulnerable and, and step into who we are, then might be deemed as being weak by the member of the tribe. Therefore, we would then get kicked out. And therefore, that would mean death. And that that's still mm -hmm. going on. It's just that we've created a different, the boss is now the saber-toothed tiger, right? Or, or something like that. I think what I what I what I would like to point out from what you're just saying, because I agree, there is always going to be this need of validation one way or the other. So instead of looking to completely not have this within us, what we can do and how I am working with it, whenever I see it popping up, I just ask myself, how can I validate myself here? What can I mm. do for myself? 
myself to have this feeling that I'm craving. Because when you look for validation, you're looking for some sort of emotion or feeling to be fulfilled. So when you ask yourself, what is it that I really need here? What is the need that is unmet here? What do I need to have? or to feel right now and how can I give it to myself instead yes. of hoping that I will never, that I will just become, because really expecting that you're going to come to this place that oh, I never need anyone. That's also not healthy. That's just a, that's another coping mechanism. If you're like this hyper independent, no, absolutely. no one to help me. Absolutely. I don't need no help. That was me as well. Many times, many yeah. years. Fuck I it, I'm do doing it on my own. On my own. Exactly. Yeah. I don't need no help. No one needs to help me with anything. I'm strong enough, blah, blah, blah. That's just a coping mechanism because you are protecting yourself from being disappointed, from being um, rejected or let down by other people. So you just pretend that you're better off not asking for help because it's probably not going to be given to you. So you're just going to do it all on your on your on your own it's a little bit like wearing a suit of armor isn't it you've armored up and you've protected oh, yeah. yourself but you're oh, not flexible so fle yeah you're not flexible in life now because i'm wearing this big suit of medieval armor with chainmail to protect myself from getting wounded but actually I, I i've got no flexibility in my life now and now i'm hot and now i'm i'm enslaved in this suit of armor but to take the armor off which is kind of a bit of a metaphor for stepping into vulnerability is Oh, but, exactly. but last time I wasn't wearing the armor, this is what happened. And and now it's about that taking that responsibility of of, of becoming a warrior and be, being seen. So the armor is the thing that most people are wearing. So the majority of people yes, are armoring up to fit in with it. So we're all wearing armor. And yes, nobody invisible one. Many of us may not be even aware of it. Absolutely. Uh, but yes, it's it's slowly taking away the armor, slowly taking off the layers of your pain, expressing this pain, um, because it's not just about talking about it with someone, whether it's a therapist or your friend, or even with yourself via journaling, for example. It's about expressing it as well mm. uh, in other forms. Like if you, you know, if you had trauma, you're going to want to do some uh, body work, somatic work to get rid of, because like there's many, many books now, that talk about uh, trauma being kept in the body. So on top of the talk therapy, you want to do some release work with yeah. your body. So I love dancing. Dancing is a great form of expression. It actually makes me creative. It makes me express any emotions. And it's super powerful. It's for free. You can do it anywhere. It helps you with your confidence, with everything. But really, it's a very vulnerable thing as well. Because mm. if you think about it, so many people are afraid to dance the way they want to in a public place and I was one of them as well for many years because of some comments I received when I was younger so I thought okay it's it's not acceptable the way I want to dance because it's frowned upon because people are laughing because people are yeah. pointing at me but now I have I have zero fucks given to my dancing I go and I'll be taking up the space more than I would in any other yeah. thing because dancing is my form of expression yeah and it actually expresses my pain as well and some of my wounds. So it can be a very, very um, powerful tool. Can I ask a question? Mm -hmm. This probably won't land with everybody, anybody, but something just comes to mind. 
do you watch the mandalorian have you watched the mandalorian on um disney i haven't no okay so we don't need to go into it but this was the last episode so the series i think it's episode two of this present series was really interesting so if people don't know who the mandalorian is it's kind of a star wars spin-off thing and the mandalorians when they're younger they go through these foundlings go through this thing and they get these helmets and they get armor now isn't this interesting and it just came to me when somebody does something well as a mandalorian they get some new armor made of beskar so we get more armor as the tribe says that we're better however this is really interesting if you take your helmet off as a mandalorian in front of other other people or the mandalorians then you get chucked out of the tribe right so that's that's kind of the way that that when works you sh- when you show your true self is yeah that when, you it? Tro- <laughs> when you show your true self you know it's not the way but this was interesting in episode two um that i've just watched um i can't remember the name of the the mandalorian who does this she is told by the person who is kind of in charge of the mandalorians at the moment um to take off her helmet right which you don't do anyway she comes out in front of all the mandalorians with her helmet under her arm and obviously all the other mandalorians are like oh my god you've taken your helmet off you can't do that and it's bugging me now. My son's going to kill me. I can't remember the person who's like the head Mandalorian says the reason why that she's taken her helmet off is because she walks both sides. And I think that when we start to tap into things like the masculine divine and the, and the, and the feminine divine is that we're very much in the masculine divine about power, about all of that sort of stuff. And what you've just expressed is the feminine divine and the feminine divine is the most powerful of the of the energies it's not about penises and vaginas and it's threatening it's threatening threatening. yeah it's threatening when you express because when you express yourself so freely and you really don't care of other people's opinions that's threatening yeah because you're not going to conform to whatever you know you're not going to do what you be you 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 told you're going to make your own decisions it doesn't mean i'm not going to do any of the things that some people can ask me or something it just means i'm gonna make my own decisions because i'm in my own power i'm still gonna choose to be a kind person and generous person and whatever but i'm not gonna just do things to please you Mm. or anyone or to do them out of fear or shrink myself um all the things that we we've been doing we've been conditioned to do because you know as a young um girl especially as well we are told a lot of things like you know don't do this don't do that don't behave like that and a lot of them are so that other people whether they are men or other women um they're not uh, uncomfortable uh with your you know like beautiful girls would be told not to show their beauty because it's going to make other women uncomfortable or or maybe men men will do this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like you don't even understand your body yet or or, or what, what, what your power really is, but you're already being told that you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't show that because, you know, other people will have an opinion and that should dictate Mm. how you are acting, which is completely insane. Everyone should be just, you know, themselves and be, really expressing who they are let me step into vulnerability then because this 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 is uncomfortable okay it's ridiculous but it's uncomfortable and it, so from somebody who was a former soldier a police officer very masculine kind of very strong masculine one of the things that i'm doing at the moment is embracing my inner goddess right so somebody who doesn't know would go mm, it's a bit weird right yeah 
Um, no, amazing. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. You, but you understand. Because you know what, yeah. when I say that, you know what I mean. And so let me explain that. Is that if you were to look at who we are, um, something a lot of the things that we've talked about here are actually codependency, right? So I always say to clients, especially around relationships, we think of codependency as being like love relationships, but they're not. Codependency is I am not whole without this other aspect of who I am. It's I'm codependent on following the teachings of this person. I'm codependent on this person to validate me. I'm codependent on this. So for me, I went through, I'm probably still going through a period of being really pissed off with the disempowerment of men and that you know women can do everything and people don't understand women are not getting this that you are using the same masculine energy it's it's not about bits it's about embracing the feminine divine the feminine in all of us the emotion in all of us the empathy in all of us but you can have strength you can have power you show that with my tie right that's what you your whole thing about your coaching and stuff that you do is is that you can i remember that conversation remember the conversation in talent and i can't remember what you said you went, yeah, yeah but you were saying so i'm gonna kick your ass you're like <laughs> yeah i said that yeah uh but it's because i was more in my masculine my whole life yeah. and you you knew it straight away when you met me you're like you gotta open up your you gotta work on your feminine uh, side yeah. and i didn't even fully understand what that means back then and I was already angry with you. I was like, oh, how how does he already know this? Like, because I always think uh, all my life, I thought I, uh, I'm i very good at pretending and hiding. Uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty certain when we were in Taliban, and, we were having that yes, big, you were, so were going to come just across like, and just punch me in the face. <laughs> and you said straight away something about feminine. And I knew that this is something I need to work on, but I had no idea how, what that actually entails and how I'm going to get there. It upset me a lot. Because that's what I meant also last episode when I said that people are sometimes not ready to hear the truth. Yeah. That was one of the truths that was, it, it hit me. like It was like the, ooh, like a stab in my heart. And I was like, oh, how dare he? But that's because deep down I knew exactly that you are 100% right. And that's what mm. I need to do. But isn't um, that vulnerability though? Isn't that vulnerability? Yeah. vulnerability so that's is... why I didn't kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just laughed uncomfortably. Yeah. And cried a lot and yeah. you know but it helped me because it helped me open up it helped me started looking into how what are the ways that I can actually show up for myself because you know the vulnerability doesn't only mean you have to be vulnerable around other people you gotta let yourself be vulnerable around yourself as well mm -hmm. people don't talk about it they talk about oh you gotta talk to others start with yourself because for a lot of us it's difficult to just be vulnerable around ourselves mm. where where I'm on my own in my own room you know apartment that I do not share with anyone I can still block myself from, from crying from expressing my emotions because if that's what I'm conditioned if that's what I had trouble mm. with I gotta open myself to myself as well it's not just to other people it's other people as well but you gotta be you know you gotta do it with yourself as well so whether you start with other people or start with yourself it it depends on the on the person some things might be easier for some it might be easier to start with yourself for some it might be easier to have someone guide you and kind of encourage you and give you that permission i mm. think that's a very important thing that i've stuck with me give permission give yourself permission when i had that little phrase it opens so many things it does, yeah me. yeah yeah because it's empowering isn't like, it 
Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I can just, all I need to do is give myself permission. Mm. I don't need anyone to give me this permission. I can just give it to myself and be like, okay, you are allowed to cry, be angry, be pissed off, be whatever the you need to be. And not judge yourself again, because, or even if you do judge yourself, because at the beginning, you probably will judge yourself, because if that's what you're used to, then let's not pretend that it's just going to go away, because I just gave myself permission, because at the beginning, I was still judging, but it didn't, it didn't stop me from still expressing. And, you know, for me, I did a lot of work on my own here in this room where no one could see. And then I didn't talk about any of this to anyone because I had a lot of shame. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think it was shame, unfortunately. I think a lot of women have a lot of shame that we don't talk about. Not their shame, Um, though, is it? It's learnt shame. It's societal programming. Yes, one beautiful lady, I can't even remember who it was, but someone told me it's not your shame to carry and that hit me so beautifully yeah. one day. And I was like, oh, it was never my shame to carry. Um, but we do. We carry this shame around us like it's our fucking duty. Yeah. Pardon my it's point. the armor, isn't it? Um, here, 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 you've rite of passage. You've hit this point. Yeah. Here, here's the shame armor that you can wear. Yeah. Lock yeah. And the club. Wear it and you don't know how to drop it because as soon as you drop it, you're going to have people judging you that you're dropping it. Oh, who is she not being ashamed of this and that? Yeah. But you got to learn how to quiet that noise. Yeah. That's why we talk about often being going, you know, um, isolating yourself when you're doing this work because whether it's you know isolating yourself from people like in the real life as well or just from like the noise of the social media or something there will be a time that you just want to be on your own with your own thoughts and with everything that comes to you because you don't want too many voices Mm. in your head while you're going through Mm. you know when you start expressing right what's your take on it I want to I want to ask you a question because mm-hmm. I think this is important, right? So I want to go back. I think I mentioned this before about the fact that I wanted to know why I felt the way I did. In 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 the first episode, I talked about this. When we talk about that phrase of vulnerability being weakness, okay, and where that comes from, when I reflect on that, one of the things that society tells us, and I don't agree with this, I think it's a very small gateway into the healing process, but we're we're told to talk about and go and see a therapist and talk about our problems and and talk about this. But this is the way that I see that, right? Is that I'm carrying this heavy rucksack of shame, guilt, judgment, all the rest of it. And I go and see my therapist, my psychologist or my CBT therapist or whatever other talking therapy. And I go in there and I put the rucksack down and for half an hour, an hour, I, I get some respite and they tell me, oh, well, the best way is carry your rucksack like this. You know, maybe if you pull the straps down, you know, get a bit more support, you can carry that heaviness a bit better. And we talk about coping and managing those feelings. And personally, when it comes to it, I don't think that helps because what it's saying is you're not strong enough to carry that. You know, I... here's some coping and managing. Go to the gym, do mindfulness. And, and we're not actually getting to the root cause of why we feel the way we do. And so not that I have anything wrong with talking therapy that, you know, there's uh, everything that we do is one tool out of a whole toolkit that helps us feel lighter. Why do you think though, it is that certainly in the West, we are not 
embracing. So my big thing for me, my why I guess is not is to help empower people feel differently and to give them access. You know, so I when I first started my journey, I was like, oh, this this is it. You know, RTT is the thing that we use and that cures everything. Oh, and there's I, so many tools. I soon realized that was bullshit. Yeah. So now I I love. I'll try. I've, I'm a Reiki master now, so Reiki, somatic work. Yeah, I love finding out of, new tools. Yeah, new new tools, right, for the toolkit that allows to do it. Why do you think it is then that societally we we aren't willing to embrace that? What do you think? Is it as again, it's bullshit, but is it that actually those that have don't want us to be empowered and i don't want to go down a political route yeah but... of course i don't want to i don't want to i don't really have an opinion on you know i don't i don't want to what's the awareness though what's the awareness that, that you what, what happened that made you make that shift of going fuck i've been i've been sold a lie that this is the this is the answer and this is how i go what how do you do that without breaking i think when you break and you realize that what everybody's told you is bullshit you have you go on a journey but how do we get well, people curiosity, to start that journey? Curiosity yeah. is, um, and I guess forgiveness as well. I wasn't really that angry at the world. I probably was more angry about my uh, on myself because uh, that's kind of one of the things I always did for myself as well. Just always blame myself for for everything, really. Mm. Um, but coming back to the other questions that the other point that you made with the talk therapy, because I did some of that as well, and it did help me. Mm. But I think, um, but from my personal experience, I would say I had more, way more shifts now than working with with uh, with coaches, with mentors, mm. with, um, and I think the what's happening, what's the difference is because coaches and mentors they help us find this solution within us, whereas in talk therapy, the therapist is in charge of your uh, yes. progress. So you come and you talk. And they give you something, but they, but, but there's not much empowerment from their it's side. It's the parent-child dynamic, isn't it? You're still exactly. in that. You're still in child. So I still yeah. need to come back to you to give me the solutions, mm. and I don't really. I feel a bit better, and I'm help. You know, there's this movement that it's it's not that I don't evolve and not getting better, but it's much slower, and it doesn't instill this empowerment in me. Whereas you have one sometimes uh call with a coach and you feel like you're already so empowered but you haven't even done any changes in your life but you just we just instill in you this idea that mm. everything's within you we like very open about this yeah and once you as a human being understand that the power lies within you it can be very empowering it can be scary as well because yeah. you can be like oh now it's all in, on, in my hands but it is really an empowering place to be in because you know that you still want the guidance you still want someone to help you get there and hold you accountable and all those things but you understand that you yourself can help yourself and find those answers and you know and really there's you can lie to your therapist. You cannot be fully honest with your therapist. Like I haven't said certain things to my therapist until like, you know, session five or six. She had no idea yeah. about my trauma and stuff. And I came with like some surface things because I wasn't ready. And she had zero. She was shocked when I told her certain things. I'm like, why are you only telling me this? And and she didn't even pick up on it. Yeah. You know, so I'm proud of my coping mechanisms for her not picking up on it. But, yeah, right. Know, I, <laughs> but 
I feel like as a coach, you would like, you would already know that something is wrong because the conversation between a coach or a mentor is mm. different than with the therapist. But that's just my personal experience. So like, again, I don't want to put any bad things out there because I have some friends that are very happy with talk therapy. Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing. It's all about, it's all about choice. And so we're not saying that anything's good or bad. We're just saying it's whatever works for you is fine. But I think that we need to dig a little bit, just very quickly very, dig a little bit deeper between the word therapy and coaching, because actually most people's, I think the majority of people in their mind would go, therapy is when things are going wrong and coaching is something where we're developing a skill. We don't really sit in coaching in where the, the world would deem as coaching and we don't sit in therapy. I always I always say we sit in like if it was a Venn diagram of where therapy and coaching comes together, we work in that middle ground, that crossover yeah. between coaching and therapy. Um, and that's really where transformation happens. And transformation, again, the amazing Lisa Nichols, she says there is no transformation without detoxification. You have yeah. to get rid of the shit before you can put good stuff in. And again, another amazing, another amazing guru, Regan Hillier. She, I remember this when, when I was working with Regan Hillier and she kept talking about buckets and I was like, fucking buckets. She said, you can't manifest until your buckets get bigger. Fucking buckets. What are you on about? Yeah. And I, I get it now. And, and what she was saying was, is that if you're really, really wealthy and abundant and you've got money, you've got that money energy, right? That might be a dustbin, a big dustbin. But then if you're poor, working class, you don't have it. It might be a thimble. So the amount of stress or pressure might be the same amount, but going into the thimble, it overflows and you break. Going into the big bin, it doesn't have much impact. And it's what you have to do is you have to pour the crap out of the thimble, then fill it with goodness. And at that point, you the, the thimble then will expand. And then you have to follow that process. So this is why we should never judge our journey against other people because we have yeah. to be responsible for that change and we look you mentioned it before that we look to other people to go oh that person's got the course they've got the answers but the question you've got to ask is where did they start their journey do your research where were they when they started that journey and it was interesting that i spoke to one of my coaches on mind valley that i was coaching a guy is family owner bank um he's very very wealthy and we were talking about character and he said he wanted to get his character. And I, and I was trying to dig into it. And I asked him a question. I said, why is it that you want to change who you are? And, 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 and what he was saying was he's finding it really difficult to engage a certain number of employees that don't come in on time. So what I turned around to him, and I said, well, what are the values of your company? And he talked about it and he said this. And this was such an insight point. He said, because of the nature of banking, we have certain rules in place. And if somebody isn't on time we have to punish them and i said why because that's mm. what the system had told him right so all i turned around and i said what are the values so he told me the values of the company and, and his values and all the rest of it and i said but are you communicating those values what's in it for the employee they don't give a shit about you they don't give a shit about the bank they don't give a shit about the customer deep down they only give a shit about themselves they you don't know what's going on in, in their life. They might just be turning up for the check. So my question is, is when you have these problems, don't punish, don't look for the problem. Ask one question and that one question. And, and if you own a business and you've got lots of employees and you've got struggles, ask your, your team one question is this. 
why do you come to work every day and what makes you what makes your life happy coming here why are you, why do you love working here what makes you happy why do you love coming into work every single day and doing the job of work that you do and if they can't answer that question then you've got to look at have i demonstrated my why of why we exist and it's a simple question. Mm-hmm. So if you are into a business, you only need to ask one question to your employees. What do you love about working here? And why do you love it? And it's as simple as that. And it's the same in your life. What do you love about your life? And why do you love it? Because all of a sudden, when we start to look from love, vulnerability is about yeah. self-love, right? And when we come, when we, when we, when we look through the lens of love, of what inspires us, what makes us flow, what makes us happy, the mind then will start to focus on that rather than focusing on the bad stuff. And you've got to ask yourself that. Where do I, where did I, where did I lose my path? How did I get into the valley? How do I get out of there? What do mm-hmm. I love? And you met, you mentioned that about the dancing. Does that, I mean, does that resonate? I think that's a powerful question, right? Why am, what do I love about this that I'm doing? What do I love about my partner? What do I love about my job? Well, it's a, yeah, it's a good life? It's it's always a good question to ask to to check if you are where you want to be. Um, yeah. So to sum up our conversation, uh, what would you? How would you describe vulnerability for our audience in like one sentence? I think or what to look for, how to find it. I th- I think on that last point, I think vulnerability is self love. Simple as that. I think vulnerability is self love. It's the ability, so belief believing in yourself and belief comes in two parts it comes to the stories that we tell ourselves and the emotions that we create and the most powerful emotion as the Beatles will say all you need is love and it's true once you Mm. learn to love yourself however wherever you are on the journey battered bruised actually accepting who you are that's that's the biggest thing what about you I agree I think self-love is fundamental to um, I mean, any to anything in your life, to any success, anything that you want to achieve. If you don't truly love yourself, you will have a much harder time to get to anywhere you want to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, vulnerability is being able to love yourself exactly as you are with all the imperfections, with all the past things that happened, with all the things that you're still working on with everything that you are not yet that you Mm. wish to be that's the vulnerability and that's the strength that you have and i think you allow yourself to still love yourself in this Mm. place right now and that leads that leads into the next podcast i think you know this growing up and how is your past impacting your today because we already picked up on that in the fact that to, to love yourself, you have to undo the programming. You have to detoxify all of the things that other people have told you, all of their lack of stepping into vulnerability. So maybe that's mm-hmm. something we can leave people with is to go, Absolutely. why why can't you step into self-love? Why can't you step into vulnerability? What is actually going to happen? And the people that you're surrounding yourself with, or, or maybe your family, can they step into vulnerability? Can they step into self-love? I think that's I think that's something that people maybe can take away and ask that question, why can't I step into vulnerability? Or in what ways am I being vulnerable? Because maybe mm. some people are already doing something. So it's good to 
uh, be aware of what you're actually already doing that is uh, could be considered vulnerable. Yeah. Because yeah. you might be doing more than you think as well. It's 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 both ways. Um, yeah. So I think those two could be could be beneficial. Mm. And I think I think we need to just to wrap this up. I think we just need to remember that vulnerability is never weakness. It is your superpower that when again you speak from the scar, not from the wound, you will create powerful connections and you'll bring the people into your life that will support you on your journey. So amazing i think that was a a deep one an emotional one and i think the next the next the next episode is going to be interesting because the next one's going to be about growing up it's going to be about responsibility it's going to be about self-healing and that's where the work comes in right yep awesome okay so thank you for everybody uh listening to this one love your comments um as always you can get hold of uh me and mags on instagram at thrive with mags um, and me, Marcus, at Marcus A. Matthews. If you're watching this on YouTube, drop a comment. What are your thoughts? Um, and if you're listening to this on your podcast, please like and share because we want to spread this journey with as many people as possible. And until we speak to you on the next episode of Talking Minds and the Journey, we'll leave you with that, stepping into vulnerability. Ooh. See you all soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.